Hi everyone, my name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. Today we're joined by Shira Stemmer. Thanks for coming on. No problem. So, in a lot of the other episodes we were talking about, you know, people's identity, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so you are a female, obviously, yes. and what I'd like to talk about with you is kind of the standards we put on women in society um, today and just like historically as well. Okay. So the first thing I'd love to hear about is, you know, how it, you're recently married and you're 32 now. Yep. How did it feel being like 30 and unmarried when like, how did, and yeah, what was that experience like? So for me, I was with somebody in my mid twenties that at the time I thought that was the person I wanted to marry. And when we broke up, I was upset, obviously, at the start. And then I realized that, no, that wasn't the right person for me. I needed time to really just live my life, have some experiences. I traveled a bit. I got a great job. And I really felt that I became my own whole person. And then I met my now husband. And I feel that, honestly, we have a very... Um, even mature relationship where we're not I don't know it's hard to explain you're each your own person. we're each our own person and we come together because we want to be together not because we have this need for validation or we felt this loneliness that we turn to each other not saying that's incorrect if other people get into relationships for those reasons and they do have successful relationships I just think that for me I needed to meet my person later in my life in order to know it was the right person and that's I feel like that will make for a successful marriage for us moving forward. That's very fair and I think it makes a lot of sense like generally timelines for a lot of people who go to university it's kind of delayed as well right mm -hmm. you don't you're not like in the quote real world until you're 22 23 versus yeah. 18 19 but there's been such a shift in seemingly one generation like our mother had three kids by the time she was 30 right did you feel pressure in your 20s to like get married and have kids no other than from like mothers and grandmothers and stuff but honestly no i feel like our society in canada and or north america is accepting of the fact that people just now marry later in life so before it was, you know, you go to high school, maybe you go to college or university, maybe not, and you meet your person and you start your family by, you know, 23, 24, 25. Now I think the average um, marrying age is like 26, 27. And among my group of friends, I was, I think I'm in like the middle pack. So there are a handful of people that got married before. I got married around the same time as a few people and there's still a few people yet to be married. The ones who have yet to be married, are they starting to feel that pressure now? You know, they're in their early 30s and they're single. I would say yes, and not necessarily from getting married, but for those who want to have children, there's only a certain amount of time that you can prior to it not being the best or most viable. But, you know, I know people, my boss, for example, had her first and only child when she was 41. So, you know, another woman I work with who is also a very career-driven woman, she had her two kids in her 40s. So it's not uncommon for women to um, take their time, either from a career perspective, because they want to wait for the right person, whatever it may be. And I think it's 
more accepted than unaccepted now in society. So I didn't yeah. feel any specific pressure. Okay, that's that, from society. Yeah. That's fair. Do you? But but are your friends starting to feel that now if they're still single? From society or not really? It's more just, you know, biology is biology. I would say more biology is biology. I think that their perspective is I'm not going to rush into something just to be married because I'm 32 and that's the way it should be. Mm. I think each of my friends or people I know who are unmarried, colleagues, whatever the case may be, it's waiting for the right person and making sure it's the right relationship. And yeah. I think that takes precedence over what we should do because we're at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to hear that there there don't seem to be too many pressures externally. Do you think there's? I, I'd be interested to know if you think there's still a difference between men and women with the pressures around that. Um, I would say probably because the pressures on women are around when you're going to have kids. Right, so my husband and I get asked collectively when are we going to have kids, but individually, any of his single guy friends, I bet, do not get questions around when are you going to get married and have kids. It's when are you going to settle down and find a girlfriend. Whereas your female friends do get asked about children, so the onus is still kind of on the women if they're single. Yeah, to a certain certain degree, yeah. Okay, Um, kind of on the on the frame of you know. You, you found your success, your career and you're happy with it. You know, one thing that's very much in the forefront of discussions now is around this work-life balance and <laughs> women can have it all, yeah. right? And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that on how, like, do you think you can continue to grow and be aggressive in your career growth and also take time off to raise a family or have a child? It is a very tough balance and I find that from seeing a lot of very strong, successful women in my workplace, one of the critical elements is having a very good partner. So, you know, for me personally, I think there's, it is a delicate balance. So how do you put your energy into work, your energy into your family and your energy into your relationship? Because oftentimes that may falter because you're putting your energy into kids and work and you don't manage your relationship with your partner, which then impacts your ability to put energy into kids and work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in an ideal world, we'd all work eight and a half hours a day and come home and be able to shut our brains off and pay attention to our families, and that's not always the case. So I think that it is challenging. Um, I don't really even want to say for women, I think it's challenging for anyone that has a family who wants to be invested in that family. For women specifically, um, I'm lucky that I work in a in a in an environment where they are very supportive of new mothers taking your full maternity leave, welcoming you back, understanding that you need maybe more flexible hours to do daycare drop off and pick up that kind of stuff. Where I've heard from friends in other industries um, that that's not as flexible, mm-hmm. you know. So their husbands are left to do daycare drop off and pick up come home, make dinner, they get home late, they have, you know, an hour with their kid before bedtime, so it is a little more challenging when historically society expected the woman to raise the children and the man to be the breadwinner. So now that that's shifted, rightfully so, it's it's more of a fair share, I think, on all parts. That's very, that is very fair, but, you know, fundamentally one of the things is pregnancy itself, right, mm-hmm. and taking that maternity leave 
and you know there is a push of having fathers take the time off as well yeah. and it be an equal partnership but i was recently reading someone was talking on social media about how they're concerned about that right like at any point they might get pregnant and take a year off and that you lose momentum right you lose as much as you know society says it's good mm -hmm. and it's important to for companies to allow that is there still a fear that you know that will impact your business relationships because you're not there for a year and the men who aren't taking time off they're still there hustling they're still advancing in their career i think it depends on the industry so i'm in the pharmaceutical industry i work in an office everyone has their role they play and people change roles often and from my experience people will leave on maternity leave and come back to a new role no different than if they were just you know testing something out on a secondment or an internal contract or whatever it is i would say that women need to really decide for themselves what's important to them so for me personally it's important for me to have a family and I figure by the time I'm done having children, let's say I'm 40 years old, which still gives me 25 years of my life left to work before standard retirement age, I can work on all of those initiatives and growing upwards in my company and everything like that once I'm done having kids. Whereas, you know, there are people who feel that they need to get ahead and get to those higher levels first and then have their families. Mm -hmm. So I really think it's a personal uh, personal choice or personal preference and where you lay your prior priorities. I do feel that, you know, if you are on an upwards trajectory and you're identified, let's say, by your company as one of these rising stars and you say, hold on, I need to take a year off. Yes, you run the risk of losing that momentum and having to start from uh, almost a step back. But if you're good, you're good, regardless of whether you take a year off to have a child or not. And I think it's it should be respected that you're balancing a family and still able to produce the level of work that you're producing and things like that. So mm. there is still some traction to be gained on that side, I think, in specific industries. Um, but as a whole, if you're career driven and you're dedicated to your job, then that's going to shine through. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, thank you for sharing that perspective. I really appreciate it. How do you feel about it from your perspective? Well, fundamentally, like, I think that if you're not at work for any reason, you run the risk of not getting ahead, right? Fundamentally, that's how I think it is. And still, it seems that females are more likely to take time off for family, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, I'm, I'm uncertain how I feel it should be, but I feel that's how it still is. Yeah. Um, but to me, it makes sense. If, like, I want to be running a company... And I want to provide flexibility, but if I need someone, I want to know I can bet on them long term, let's say. And there's always a risk. The same way there's a risk of you, you know, picking another company over my company, there's a risk of you picking your family over my company. Yeah. Right? And that risk just still seems to be higher with females. Maybe that's a wrong assumption and that's a bias, but that still seems to be the case. I would say that whenever you have anyone working for you, you run the risk that they're going to find a new job. They're going to want to move across the world. They're going to have a sick family member that they need to take time off for to take care of. So, But it's all about hedging your bets, of right? Of course. And 
I think, you know, from a more positive standpoint, when someone takes a maternity leave, that leaves a one-year opening for someone else to learn a new role, you know, show their stuff that they can do something different, and it gives people an opportunity almost to fill those gaps within your company. That's very fair, but the, and the, yeah, the risk gets higher as the position gets higher. Of course. Right? If, it's a, if it's my chief operating officer who decides to take a year off for her pregnancy, mm-hmm. that's a lot riskier to have someone need to fill that role, right? Yeah. But one thing I want to ask about, this is actually something that happened to me and I'd love your perspective on it. Um, I had a meeting with a female who uh, runs a company that I was try- I'm trying to work with mm-hmm. and on her kid was sick and her husband didn't have the ability to take care of the kid and she didn't want to put them in the the care facility because they were cont- potentially contagious right yeah. and so I had a meeting with her and she brought her kids along mm-hmm. and like it didn't matter to me personally I like kids you know but it definitely detracted from our meeting she was right. distracted right and like it I felt like I didn't mind but it was very evident that someone else could feel like they're not the priority, right? In right. a business setting, if you're work, if you're meeting with someone, you want to feel like you're the priority. Yeah. And so there also is these movements of integrating family into work more right. so. But I, I see risks with that. So, you know, I had a phone call with her and she was distracted with yeah. her kids. I had a meeting with her and she was distracted with her kids. Right. And that still seems stereotypically to be more what would happen with females than males. Not necessarily, because I have a ton of people I work with who may work from home because their kids are sick and their wives or partners need to go into their office job or whatever it is. And I'm on conference calls and you hear the kids screaming in the background and they're the male, the man of the house or whatever, taking care of their kids. Mm -hmm. So I think who the onus falls on really is up to the parents. I think regardless of who's home or who's bringing their kids with them to work. I agree it does take away from the business at hand, but sometimes that like you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So you hope that the people you're dealing with have enough compassion or empathy to kind of put that aside and still push forward whatever the agenda is in your meeting. And do you feel that progress is being made? Obviously, you know, maybe I, I seem backwards, like I seem like I'm not progressive enough to accept that. Yeah. Um, but I, I very much was happy with it at the time, but I noticed it. I, I, yeah. I like noticing these things. I mean, I don't think you were going to have parents bringing their kids to work every day instead of putting them in daycare to save money because you cannot be productive if you're distracted by anything, whether it's your cell phone or a loud chewer sitting at the de- desk next to you or anything like that. So I feel like if it's an exception, not the rule, then it should be okay. And I think, you know, in my office, people don't bring their kids unless it's like a Friday afternoon or bring your kids to work day. So I still think that there's in a corporate setting, this understanding that, you know, if your kids are sick, you stay home, your sick kids don't come to our office. I think it's a little more flexible in these progressive and flexible work environments or people who run their own companies, work for themselves, have their own offices. Mm. So I think there's still that disconnect. And I don't see the corporate world ever allowing it, um, whether that's old school or not, but you can't be productive if you have 
kids around who need your attention. That's what kids, like, they need you, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's very fair. I want to kind of shift into, I always like to bring it back around to politics. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there, obviously for, for many years, there's been, many decades, there's been these feminist movements that have really, like, provided a lot of this equality and, and saying, you know, you should get the mandatory, uh, the maternity leave and things like that, mm -hmm. and there should be equality in the workforce. Do you feel right now that, like, we need to still push as strongly as, you know, as we have or as we are? So from my experience, I feel that I work, or I know that I work in an environment that is equal. So I'm entitled to my maternity leave and I can take it. I can take it up to 18 months now. And my office, my workplace will not make me feel guilty or anything like that for taking it. Um, I know that there are people who still feel that they're not given their rights. I know that in the United States, women only get a mandatory six weeks of maternity leave. So I couldn't even imagine having to hand my six-week-old newborn over to a daycare person to go back and sit at a desk and answer emails all day. So I feel that we are very lucky in Canada and in you know Europe too, they have these very mothering focused maternity leave programs, understanding that it's important for our society. I think, you know, in terms of like the feminist movement, I'm, I'm not a feminist. I just believe in equality for all. Um, does that make me a feminist? I would argue yes. Okay, fine. So yeah. for me, I feel that I'm treated equal and fair in my workplace. If I worked for somewhere different, maybe I'd feel differently. So I can't speak to do we still need it? Probably, because I know there are certain industries that are still very male male focus and I think in the higher levels of my company there might be still favoritism towards males but then our CEO is a female. CEO of a global pharma company is a female so I feel like things are shifting. Okay. Yeah. That's great to hear. Yeah. Um, I'm interested like a lot of what we hear in news and politics today is around you know identity and this uh, you know being female is a big part of that as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think what you know, I, I speak, you know, around what the left wing seems to be doing. Do you think they're spending too much political capital on feminism right now? Um, given it's, you know, it's maybe not as bad as they're painting it, but there's always still work to be done. How do you feel about the current climate as you're interpreting it? So I honestly don't pay too close attention to politics, to be honest. I like to know what's happening at a very high level. Hmm. Do I pay attention to specific policies and spending and things like that? No. So from my perspective, I think politics right now between the US and Canada has become more of a farce than anything else. And I don't know what kind of real work is actually getting done because when you turn on the news, it's Trump running his mouth over nonsense, Doug Ford, being a clown, Trump Jr., whatever you want to call it, mm. Trudeau getting all kinds of hate for him, going above and beyond in all these, you know, insensitive ways around the world. So from a feminist perspective and women's rights and things like that, I honestly can't answer that. I don't know. Okay. And do you think, you know, there are some people who would label you a bad feminist, a bad woman for not 
driving those issues, right? Like, yeah. there seems to be a lot of people who say, like, no, you are, you should be fighting for reproductive rights, for whatever else. Oh. And, like, there was a threat, you know, some people in Ford's cabinet or in Ford's... Ministry. Whatever it yeah. is. Uh, you know, they're anti-abortion or whatever, yeah. right? And so, like, what do, you, what do you say to people who think women should always have women's issues first? I think that something like reproductive rights is in the forefront of every woman's mind from the day you start being sexually active. What am I going to do if I get pregnant? Oh my God, what am I going to do if I get pregnant? So, okay, we have, you know, ready access to birth control. I know that if anything were to happen and I didn't want to keep a baby, I would have the ability to have an abortion and maybe I take that for granted. Mm. So when I hear stories about taking away those rights from women, um, it does make my blood boil. So maybe I am a feminist in that way. Yeah. Um, but I feel that maybe this is me being jaded or uninformed or whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, the people who write the laws are going to do whatever they want, regardless of who's lobbying and who's throwing money at them. You know, in the U.S., they're basically eradicating all of these progressive actions that were put in place by previous governments even though the country is screaming against them doing it so at the end of the day not to say that it's not important to continue to put your passion and your message out there but i kind of feel like what the heck's the point mm -hmm. right yeah right. so i as an individual feel yes women should have rights to um reproductive clinics and all of those other things we should teach our teenagers what it means to be in a healthy consensual relationship versus not you know those are kinds of things that i feel should be taught to society men need to know reproductive rights just as much as women do and men also need to know what it means to say no and feel uncomfortable for themselves because it's not always just men putting themselves on women sometimes women push themselves on men and men are like well what am i supposed to do so i feel like as a society there's a lot to be gained on all fronts not just women focused all right. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with me, and I appreciate it. And thanks for coming on. Thank um, you. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. Be sure to tune in next time to The Safe Space. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and support us on Patreon. Mm -hmm.